Hello, and welcome to this Endo Life episode 37. Guys, oh god, I'm struggling so hard today. I'm yeah, so I'm batch recording today, and um, you're probably gonna hear the effects of this day for the next like six more shows. So sorry, I hope um I hope you don't pick up on it, but I should be realistic, right? I mean, my period came on Saturday and um, whereas usually I would like to have a day of rest, that hasn't been possible and it's not always possible. But tonight I'm going to get an early night and try and squeeze in like an hour of just doing something really restful and not not productive or not, you know, not serving any other purpose other than just to kind of chill before the rest of my week starts. So, yeah. I'm just I'm just sorry if I sound a little bit incoherent it's because I am um yeah this is what happens if you well if I squeeze too much in during my period and I think that's quite easy for me to do these days because I don't get much pain so I can just kind of power through but if I do that then the exhaustion catches up with me the fatigue is still there the need to rest is still there Um, And I think that's a natural thing for all women, like our bodies naturally want to rest when we're bleeding. Honoring that as much as we can is, is perfect, but um, that's not always realistic. So, and I wasn't going to miss the march for sure on my nephew's birthday. So that is the way it is. And I will find my time to rest and it will all be fine. But yeah, just sharing. So anyway, today's show is, of course, sponsored by BU period patches you guys know I love them they're one of my favorite tools for managing period pain they're really thin and they're cutely packaged like they come in like a almost like a ziplock it's not though it's one of those um you know those self-sealing bags and you like protein powders have them but that doesn't really work because the powder gets caught between the little lining and then you can't shut it anyway but that doesn't happen with these because there's no protein powder in there so they're just really easy to carry around. They just slip into everything. At that march, I brought three packs with me because I was really concerned about people walking around and being in pain. So I just thought if anyone told me they were in pain, then I could just share them with them. They're just really easy to carry around. They're really discreet. Um, I, I wouldn't feel uncomfortable with like just taking them out and putting them on in public. I, I really wouldn't. Like Also, another thing I was thinking, it was like really hot yesterday. And it kind of made me think like, oh, it's going to be so easy to walk around with them when it's like summer because they're going to be so thin. So obviously you usually wear tighter clothing or just actually looser clothing, but you know, it depends what your style is, right? But, you know, you just wear thinner clothing in, in the summer. So um, that's going to be really helpful to have those because they're not going to be bulky underneath like thin clothing. So yeah, they're just super practical, which a lot of endo tools aren't super affordable smell like I just love the smell it's really relaxing and yeah I think they're great I also use them sometimes I get like stomach cramping like IBS stomach cramping and a couple of times I've used them and it's really helped don't know if I should do that I will check with the company but I do I can't see why it wouldn't why what's wrong with it it's just helping muscle spasms but um yeah I love them so they're $6.99 for a pack of five or $4.99 if you go for a subscription order to shop, you can just head to the link in my show notes and start soothing period cramps a natural way. Please let me know if you try them. I would love to hear. Today's episode is also supported by Planet Organic. Um, so I love Planet Organic. When I used to work at Centerpoint, a charity for homeless young people, 
Um, shout out to you guys doing awesome work. Um, miss you all. When I worked there, I worked near a plant organic, which was dangerous because I didn't earn a heap of money and I would get carried away in plant organic. This was before, way before I understood how to budget as well, but I know how to do that now. Um, and I'm going to do an episode on budgeting too, PS. But um, yeah, and I have kind of go-to items that I get from Planet Organic um, or other similar places, but Planet Organic um, stock my most amazing skincare products. So I use Green People um, and Green People is the only range of kind of any any product, whether chemical-based or like natural, um, that don't upset my skin. Um, a lot of us with endometriosis also have like other inflammatory conditions and I'm not sure of the studies, so don't quote me, but I, I have read it before that there's, there is a link to like inflammatory skin problems. And I have rosacea and I also have like super sensitive skin around my eyes. Whatever I put on it burns, except for green people. So green people have a sensitive skin range and they're like range from 90 to 98 to 90, like 9% or I think 100% as well, organic um, products. Um, they're all natural and their sensitive skin range is just it just works it's it's just heavenly I've used a 24-hour anti-aging cream that makes me look really fresh and kind of dewy um, I use their um, calming serum and um, the sensitive skin serum because that helps keep my rosacea down now no one believes me when I say I've got rosacea and then I have to get a picture out on my phone for my last flare-up and they're like oh okay but I haven't had a flare-up like that for years, the the times when I get a flare up is when I stop using green people, like when I run out and it, it, it comes back kind of within days, sometimes immediately. Um, so yeah, the serum is beautiful. And I also use their um, light day moisturizer, which has spot fighting ingredients because I can get like some blocked pores. And um, if I use like heavy cream, then I'd get spots. But I have my skin has been really, really good for. I guess about a year I swapped to start I swapped to use the yeah this light day moisturizer and it's got prebiotics probiotics in it um I think it's got some green tea in it it's got different ingredients that help fight um will help feed your skin feed the good bacteria fight the bad bacteria and yeah just keep your your complexion clear whilst also being moisturizing and it really really works so yeah my I get I'm quite insecure about my skin because I've seen how bad it can get, but um, I get complimented on on my skin and I really put it down to green people and the products that I get from Planet Organic. So if you have sensitive skin like me, um, then I highly recommend green people checking out their their range. There's lots and lots of different um, products in their ranges. The link um, to Planet Organic and green people um, is in the show notes. And if you shop using this link, then you will be supporting the podcast. Um, so thank you very much for that. Okay, so today we are going to be talking about my kryptonite. My favorite vice, um, or to say it more positively, my favorite beverage, coffee. Caffeine, really. Um, caffeine's not my favorite thing, but coffee definitely is. As I've mentioned in previous episodes, I avoid caffeine 
Um, and so I want to start this episode by explaining the reasons why I do that. So when I first read up on the endometriosis diet, again, I'm using that term loosely. Um, as I've said before, there's not really like a set endometriosis diet that's officially approved, but there's kind of a loose one, which is based around an anti-inflammatory diet that often cuts caffeine out of the list. And in my very early research, I'm pretty sure I found like research that said caffeine was an inflammatory, I don't know, drug, substance. But when I was doing research for this show, I couldn't find conclusive evidence that it was. Um, so, but it is often included, it, like it's recommended to omit from anti-inflammatory diets. So you will often find that many websites or books that talk about managing endometriosis will cut out um, caffeine. I have, however, found um, kind of varying evidence, research studies that talks about inflammation and and, um, endometriosis. Some of them say that, sorry, not inflammation and endometriosis, inflammation and caffeine. Some of them say that uh, caffeine can have an anti-inflammatory effect, whereas others say that Um, it can have an inflammatory effect. Um, And then further reports go on to say that it seems to be individual. So our reaction to caffeine can be individual, which might explain why I talk to some people and they say caffeine doesn't have any effect on them whatsoever when it comes to inflammation and pain, whereas I feel it so acutely. That suggests, that seems to go along with what the research is saying. And Caffeine is talked about quite extensively in um, Take Control of Your Endometriosis and Woman Code and in my course. So generally when you're kind of looking after your health, like as a woman and for your hormones, caffeine is often, it's recommended that you avoid it. So some stats about endo um, and caffeine. In Take Control of Your Endometriosis, Henrietta Norton talks about two studies. One, that a 1998 study showed reduction in symptoms after eliminating caffeine and including, I believe, omega-3 supplements. Now, I don't know whether that study has been debated, that the fact that they brought in omega-3s, which reduces um, inflammation, is really what resulted in the reduction of symptoms or whether it was the reduction in caffeine that resulted in the reduction of symptoms or whether it was a combination of both I'd need to like have a read of that study more and see what others are saying about it but that is a study that links endo and um caffeine and then another study um that I believe was mentioned in take control of your endometriosis is that drinking more than two cups of coffee daily uh has been associated with endometriosis there's there's some kind of link there uh, whether or not these studies are big enough and conclusive enough, I'm not sure, but I find it really interesting that there's a link there. Also, caffeine is like really commonly accepted to cause stomach issues. So from my understanding, it can cause a digestive tract to spasm, which can cause like stomach pain and stomach problems, um, maybe some bloating. So for me, because I already have a lot of digestion issues and bloating and stomach problems I don't really want to add to that so that's another reason why I avoid caffeine 
Also, caffeine has been linked to increasing symptoms of anxiety. So caffeine is a stimulant and what it does is triggers, you know, it will increase our heart rate, make us feel alert and it actually triggers our flight or fight, flight or fight response. So it can make us overreact to everyday challenges. Um, so we are feeling more anxious, more stressed than we normally would for normal situations. So I don't know about you, but when I'm stressed, I then reach for caffeine and then I feel worse. I feel more stressed, even if it's a decaf, because decaf is never fully decaf. Like there's always going to be a trace of caffeine and some of it, depending on the, the brand, it might be more or less depending on the brand and the process that is yeah so because I do suffer from anxiety I know that in order to support my mental health I need to reduce my caffeine intake um caffeine can also affect your blood sugar your blood sugar needs to be balanced in order to maintain a healthy level of hormones and we know that endometriosis uh, can be worsened by estrogen dominance so that's another reason why I keep caffeine on the low and I also have interstitial cystitis. So um, that's where blisters line, or they believe blisters are lying in the, um, the bladder. And also there's like high, like it's, there's high inflammation in the bladder. So when you have a, something acidic, um, it actually makes the pain worse and the pressure worse. So um, the acidity of coffee um, can make the bladder pain worse with interstitial cystitis and and I find that is the case uh, on I will feel an increase in my bladder pain and bladder frequency and pressure if I have a coffee another really important factor is that because caffeine is a drug um, our liver has to process it out and as I mentioned in previous episodes our liver also gets rid of excess estrogen and because endometriosis thrives off estrogen, it's really important to get rid of that old estrogen and balance our hormones. But if we are constantly pumping our body with caffeine and other chemicals and drugs and toxins, alcohol, sugar, it's going to strain our liver. So our liver is going to be um, pulled away from functions like removing excess estrogen from our bodies. Also, caffeine... Um, has been known to deplete nutrients that are vital for our hormones. So I believe that for me, I don't want to just manage my symptoms. I want to like optimize my body. I want to feel good. So I don't want to be messing with my hormones any more than I just any more than they are messed up, right? Because of endo. So um, I'm kind of wary about that. Those are kind of the key reasons that I have cut caffeine out of my diet. Um, it did begin with, again, following an anti-inflammatory diet, and that's what was recommended. And like I said, I can't find, I can't find like conclusive evidence now that says it's an inflammatory uh, substance, but there does seem to be some kind of link to inflammation there and that we respond differently. So I, I believe that it inflames me it aggravates me if you want to understand the role of caffeine and endometriosis more I would suggest reading woman code reading take control of your endometriosis 
and reading um, Jessica Drummond's latest release. Let me just check what it's called. It's called Nutrition for Relieving Pelvic Pain. And you could obviously do Jessica Manan's course, um, the Endo Toolkit. Those are like some of the top recommendations that I can give from like reliable resources. So what I did is um, I, I actually went caffeine free. I believe I went fully caffeine free for um, a whole month the first time. Maybe I had like one or two coffees and they were probably decaf if I could find them. Um, it was quite a long time ago, but I remember struggling significantly with the sudden change. And moving forward, I became, you know, I just kind of got into a pattern where I only drank a coffee or a cup of tea, similarly to how I deal with sugar, like at the weekends. Um, and as much as I could, it was decaf. Decaf was harder to find, like a good decaf was harder to find a couple of years ago. But now, like, Pretty much every decent coffee shop will do a decaf. One thing to be mindful of is the processes in terms of how they decaffeinate coffee there is. Um, some of them use like substances to remove the coffee and some of them use like a water washing process or they use sugarcane, um, like ethanol from sugarcane to strip the caffeine. So, and then others use like toxins that stay on the coffee so um maybe do a little bit of research around that and just kind of make a decision about how you feel about it most of the coffee shops where I live stock a local supplier which is really lovely um it's really good coffee and they use the water I think they call it just the water wash process or something so that's what I use but also I drink coffee so infrequently now like I just drink it you know, decaf, like at the weekends and not necessarily like every weekend that I'm not, most of the time I know that I'm having like a a water washed processed coffee. And if one time I have a chemical one, then it's not going to be the end of the world. So I don't get too hung up on that, but it's good to know. It's good to do the research. I stopped drinking any form of caffeine, including decaf between a week to 10 days before my period because I found that even if I had decaffeinated coffee or decaffeinated tea it did make a difference sometimes if I'm super tired now this isn't by my right before my period I just I just wouldn't do it personally I I won't do it because I know how sensitive I am um sometimes I will treat myself to like a normal cup of tea not really a normal cup of coffee. I don't miss caffeinated coffee. I don't notice a difference. Like I feel like they've really upped their level in decaf coffee now. You can find really good decaf coffees. And because that's so normal, I've kind of got used to like not feeling that buzz after a coffee. And if I do have a caffeinated coffee, then I feel a bit weird having that buzz afterwards. But I do miss a normal cup of tea because I haven't found a tea that tastes as strong as a normal cup as a as a you know a normal caffeinated tea yet so occasionally maybe on a Sunday because I feel like that's a nice day to have a cup of tea then I'll have that but not not that often I also am trying to stick to the women codes coffee guidance so in women code there's a chapter about eating for your cycle and there are lists of foods of what to eat and when 
And decaf coffee is in the menstrual phase, which I find really interesting, but there's no way in hell I'm going to drink a decaf coffee or any kind of coffee in the first two days of my menstrual phase. Third day, maybe fourth day, yeah, I can. So I will, I'm kind of trialing this, allow myself to have decaf coffee, like the later end of my menstrual phase. And then coffee also returns in the ovulation phase. So I'm going to see if I can kind of stick to that pattern and avoid um, decaf coffee in my premenstrual phase of my follicular. But I haven't done that kind of yet. That's like a new thing. Another, what I kind of did, because coffee was such a big factor in my life, it was like a daily habit. And also, so was green tea, like caffeinated tea, but it really upset my stomach, is I replaced it with chicory root coffee. Now, there are instant coffee granules that are mixed with chicory, so be careful when you're picking them up, check the label. But I get pure chicory. Um, Chicory granules, it might be called chicory coffee, but it doesn't have any coffee in it. And... I get an organic brand. You don't have to, but like I said before, like I try to lower my toxin, like my pesticide kind of intake. Because we've got a coffee machine, I can literally make a chicory flat white and it does resemble the taste of a coffee. It's not, it, it tastes a little bit more buttery than coffee. I think that's a, that's a difference, but it is, it is similar. And also you can kind of still get that sat- the same like uh, texture so yeah, I really like chicory flat whites. Um, as I said, decaf coffee. I also like to make cacao. Um, I mean, it, it's like a hot cacao. It's a hot chocolate, but it's not like your normal hot chocolate. So um, I think I've said it already, but the recipe is in my Instagram. But it's essentially like two teaspoons of raw cacao, um, almond milk and a bit of oat milk lion's mane, cordyceps, cinnamon. You could also add some ginger in there if you wanted a bit more of an um, anti-inflammatory drink. And um, the cacao is a bit of a stimulant. The lion's mane improves cognitive function and the cordyceps um, improves energy. So all of those together are a really powerful drink that I have like mid-morning or mid-afternoon when I'm kind of experiencing a bit of a dip. And I don't add any sugar. I always notice the lack of sugar but I I still enjoy it and I have it so frequently that I couldn't put sugar in it because I have it every day so then I'd be having like a teaspoon of sugar every day extra that I just don't think my body will need because that adds up over a month right so that's another drink um turmeric milks is also a lovely one I quite like making like a turmeric milk and putting like what there's a company Puckatees do a vanilla chai and it's naturally caffeine free. So I like to put that tea bag in my turmeric milk that I'm making. And I've got this lovely vanilla turmeric chai latte, which is lovely. I really enjoy that. And then there's quite a lot of like moon milks. Um, that's what they're called now, like beetroot lattes and rose lattes. And what else do people do? Chamomile lattes. There's quite a lot of those out. You might want to kind of go to some health food bars like smoothie bars that kind of thing and and try a few and see what you like before you make them so there's there's a lot that there's a lot of exciting drinks out there that can replace coffee nothing quite hits the spot for me like coffee I love coffee but having a decaf coffee is is definitely like I'm I'm totally happy with that I don't notice the difference so I'm 
Like I'm a pretty satisfied customer. And to be honest, if I fall back and I start drinking coffee regularly, within a couple of days, I'm kind of a bit sick of it. And my body's like, mm, no, no more coffee. Like I can feel it in my body. Doesn't My body doesn't feel great. I've got some low level lying pain. My period's worse. And I just don't feel great. So usually at some point, something's going to kick in and I'm like, oh, okay, I need to cut back again. So even if I do start drinking like coffee regularly again, I can get back off it. So, and that, I think that's, there's always going to be that yo-yo there with me. I don't know if I can ever be that type of person who's like, oh, I never drink caffeine. I never drink, I never need coffee, but I, I love coffee. I love the flavor. I love the idea of it. I love going to a coffee shop. So I'm not going to remove that from my life. It's something that I really love and enjoy. And I think if you feel the same about something, then it's just about mindfully managing it and noticing how it makes your body feel. What kind of what kind of changes can you put in that aren't gonna really that are gonna allow you to still have that experience in a better way for your body? I think is is the best way that I can put it. Yeah, that's how I did it. And my suggestion is to start slowly. I think going cold turkey on coffee can actually put your body into a bit of shock and it can just make it so hard and then you just see coffee as like this holy grail of goodness and you just lust over it all the time so I think start slowly and start introducing decaf definitely do a pain and symptoms diary to see how caffeine actually affects you build up to potentially doing like an elimination diet like seeing how you feel with no caffeine whether decaf or not for a little while that's what most nutritionists recommend especially Jessica Drummond recommends an elimination diet when it comes to understanding what's triggering your pelvic pain but I'm obviously not going to guide you through that because yes I've done it but I'm not yet an expert so I would say talk to a nutritionist about that and definitely pick up Jessica Drummond's book because that's super helpful for understanding elimination diets and, and how to kind of work around that. So yeah, that's everything really from me in terms of caffeine. If you've got any questions, do head over to um, my Instagram and just, you know, contact me, just message me in the comments because obviously I'll post about this in the comments and I'm going to be making a caffeine alternative ebook. So keep your eye out for that. This episode was sponsored by BU Period Patches. Endometriosis community are loving these patches. So um, I'm going to share another um, review to let you guys know how people are finding them. The BU period all natural strips have been a miracle for me. I take strong prescription painkillers each month to be able to cope with the pain, but I continue to experience breakthrough pain and nausea. These strips have completely taken away those remaining symptoms. Oh God, I'm so, so happy to hear that. I hate it. And I mean, we all get it, of course. And they're taking painkillers and they're just not doing enough and you don't want to take any more and the amount of painkillers that I've kind of OD'd on over the years when I was younger because I just had no you know I was just desperate and I had no respect for my body so I would literally take a whole like a whole pack not like usually in a pack of codeine for example you'd get two two like trays like for lack of a better word two full trays and I'd have a whole tray in a couple of hours and just be completely high and I'm so glad that there are these other options emerging and people are spreading the word about them and people are trying them so whether or not you try them please spread the word because 
don't know who you'll be helping. Anyway, um, so if you would like to try them, they you get five in a pack. So they should, in theory, last for your, your whole period. But of course, having endo, you might have a longer period. You can, of course, just order a couple more a month. But you get five in a pack and they're four ninety nine if you um, subscribe. But there's five ninety nine if you just get a one off if you just want to check them out. Um, if you've got any questions, the team are lovely, so never hesitate to get in touch with them. Just click the link in my show notes to shop and start soothing period pain the natural way. Today's show was also supported by Planet Organic. I love Planet Organic. They have the best natural products. I mean, I yeah, I love them more than Whole Foods. Um, Ocado's pretty good, but Planet Organic's like my candy shop I get so excited in there I highly recommend that if you're trying to change your diet up you know the past couple of shows we've talked about caffeine and um sugar etc it was planet organic that helped me to find alternatives you don't have to always get them from planet organic now I know where to go Sainsbury's Tesco's etc people do do have some of do have some of these products for sure but Planet Organic has such a large range that it's quite a nice place to first like begin treating yourself and trying things out. So, you know, Planet Organic is where I found chicory. It's where I started like experimenting with raw cacao. And um, they've got loads of coffee replacements in there at the moment, actually. So they've got coffee replacements, that's chicory mixed with mushroom powder. Um, and you guys know that I love lion's mane. Lion's mane really helps my brain and fights my um, brain fog and fatigue. Um, I actually just had um, my go-to lion's mane hot chocolate about half an hour ago and I'm already feeling more, men more mental clarity. Thank God, because today has been tough. I'm going to add that. I'm going to add their coffee alternatives in the show notes. So head over to the show notes and yeah, click, use that link. And if you do buy any of the coffee alternatives or anything on Planet Organic using that link, then you'll be helping to support the show. And I really, really appreciate that. If you want to find out more about what I do or read more on endometriosis and living well with it, um, you can head to my Instagram page, which is this underscore endolife. Um, you can head to my website, which is www.thisendolife.com. And you can also get um, a free guide to managing endometriosis naturally on my website. Um, I've put the link in my show notes. It's a beginner's guide to getting started and all of the areas that I um, have worked on to help reduce my endometriosis symptoms and pain and live well with endometriosis. As always, if you like this show, please rate, review and or subscribe really truly does help others to hear the podcast and hopefully will help them to live better with endometriosis this episode was produced by the pod farm whether you're an established podcaster or just getting started visit thepodfarm.com to see how they can help you go from an idea to a finished show that's ready to be heard by the world mm -hmm.